0: Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran.
1: I have in the studio Teve Abbebe, a very well-known name in photography and I also have Rodney I'll be joined along the line by Senor Jerome Awusi Adadevo, a woman who is a specialist in sports. She's filmed Everyone Who Matters in the Sporting Fraternity. I would also be joined along the line by photographers from different parts of the world telling us some of the interesting things that they do. Let's see how much we can put in as we explore the subject of photography. If you are talented in any field of endeavor, be it photography, music, fashion, horticulture, cooking, art organizing dance poetry acting speaking stay tuned to join 99.7 fm or join us on facebook live where you can see the beards the caps and everything in between my name is albert okran let's get the show underway good evening rodney
2: good evening albert how are you tonight
1: excellent good evening steve good evening albert i wanted to test the photographic voices to see whether they had (laughs) musical or media kind of voices well let me start with this transition Of photography. One of the things that I'm very curious about is the journey of photography, Rodney several years ago photography would typically be in a studio on
2: a street corner did you ever go to any of those studios to take a picture so when you were when you were introducing the show i was smiling because i can't relate to the bell bottoms I'm, I'm not that old <laughs> right um, um, so forget about the bell bottoms but the studios were real um yes definitely um there was the what modern photos flash photos yeah, all those, yeah. Oh, those are um, those are modern yes, your name is modern young man yeah. um, and um actually i well, well, family and stuff. Like I, I remember, like secondary school, we used to do with the photographer who walks around, and then you know you go and hold some plant somewhere, right. posing. Yeah, and, uh, like get, the flowers. Like you, say, you get exactly. You get your photos uh, about uh, two weeks a week later. later, two weeks later. Um, Did you
3: experience it as well? Um, I think my my path has been a little bit different because uh, my father, as you he was he was an evangelist. He traveled around a lot, nice. and. Hmm. He was also a bit of a gadget freak. So he had a really... I mean, he had a camera that, in my estimation, was better than some of the so-called professional photographers who would run around, you know, taking pictures. And so every time he traveled, he would come back with pictures of where he'd been, what he'd done, and so on. I, I'm not sure how he managed to do that because, I mean, he traveled to do something, but he found the time to, you know, document the places he been, the people he'd met. So my initial interaction with photography was pretty much being um it's as if we the children who didn't travel with him managed to travel with him right. through the photographs that he brought back would, would you say that
1: is the essence of photography is it about memories is it about sharing experiences that people otherwise could not have have uh, participated in
3: I think it has it has several photography has several different functions. Right. I mean one of the functions is about sharing memories. The function that I prepare, I prefer to double in is about telling stories and also probably to a certain extent directing attention or directing opinions to a particular topic or subject that interests me. I have this call or text from somebody in the
1: u s, one of our regular listeners asking whether photography is a science or an art because his argument is that if if photography captures what is yes. what is, then why do you call it an art because it does it doesn't create it captures what already exists. what would probably be your response
3: to it that? has it has a scientific and an artistic um angle to it. scientific because yes, it does capture what is, and it uses you know technical equipment. To capture those things You should be able to You know Calculate your lighting ratios And so on and so forth You should understand The technicalities Of what goes into Making a good picture Now having said that It's like asking Whether a painting Is art or science It's art in the sense That the thing That is created From the artist's mind You know Didn't exist In that way before Um, It is a science In the sense That the materials That he puts together The ratios of mixtures And so on and so forth Have some basis In chemistry So you are capturing what is, but I always say that you see, the photographer is seeing something that he's choosing to show you. He's not showing you everything necessarily that his two eyes can see. He's focusing on what the limitations of the lens will allow him to focus on. But he's choosing what to focus on in order to convey a particular message. So in that sense, his subjective um, 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 opinion is what matters the most at the moment that he clicks the shutter because that at that moment that thing that took place when he clicked the shutter cannot be replicated cannot happen again it's transient so he's frozen time as it were and presented it to you you know there
1: are several things on my
3: mind because what you
1: said has just opened up some a very different dimension of this forgive me i get carried away when when discussions like this take place but Rodney, wouldn't it be the case then, then that, that there must be then an ethical part of photography because you can really, with the
2: power that you have, tell a story that doesn't exist. Oh, it's very true. I mean, <laughs> the the medium is such that there's always perspectives to to um, to any any given story that you're you're you looking at. So um, you you, you it, def- it always comes up every now and again where you hear that um, somebody has shot something and what is it, what it is that he shared is not is not what is so um it does happen and um i guess it really depends on why you're doing what you're doing um you you find that um you have like war photographers Uh, in recent time i've seen i've seen i saw a ted talk which had um a photo from haiti where um there were there were soldiers jumping out of a, a, a helicopter and they were all lined up with their guns pointing and everything. And you think that like it was like the front lines and then they were about to shoot someone. But there's another photographer on the side who was shooting it. And you just see a ton of photographers... On, on in front of the soldiers, right. and you think, "Oh, okay." So, if I hadn't seen this perspective, I would have just thought that, "Hey, they were about to gun down people, and so on." So, definitely, it really depends on the perspective that you're shooting from. That tells what story that you want to, like the angle you want to skew your story to So, it 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 does give a lot of room for bias. I yeah. So, so, so
3: the perspective, the perspective actually is probably to a certain extent also driven by motive. Mm. Right. You know, people... I, I always say that. So people say that the picture doesn't lie. It's not true. Pictures lie all the time. Mm. Yeah. I mean, pictures tell the story that the person who created the picture wanted it to tell. So, in fact, it's one of the reasons why, I mean, I decided to do what I do, you know, coming back to Ghana from this. I look, other people have been telling the African story from their perspective oh. for too long. You know, it's way past time for us to take charge of our own story and tell it from our perspective, you know, the way we see it, which is... You know, as far as I'm concerned, more realistic than 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 what we've been fed so far. Right. So I want to come to all three of you, and I've, we've just been joined by
1: Senior Jerome. Have I have I pronounced the name correctly? Senior Jerome. I must have lunch you for. Oh, Take yeah. it easy. All right. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was welcome to to Springboard. Good to see you.
2: Great to see
1: you too. Right, come closer to your microphone so, we, so far we're looking at the essence of photography we're looking at the ethics of photography and very interestingly we are beginning to find out that a photographer can selectively tell a story to bring out a perspective they've chosen. Let me then come to the issue of mission. Before I even come back to discovery how you found out your talent let's talk about your mission. Why do you do what you do? What do you seek to achieve? Steve, you say you want to tell the African story in your
3: own way. Yes. Why is that important for you? It's important for me on so many different levels. Um, I've, I've traveled around Africa quite a bit. And the general sense is that Africa is a poor continent. You know, we are affected by starvation. We are affected by war. There's a lot of conflict, uh, political turmoil, instability, and so on and so forth. But that's not the Africa I see. The Africa I see is really beautiful, um, is, is, is actually quite peaceful. We have... Wonderful, lovely, friendly people. I mean, the environment is amazing. That's the Africa that I see from my travels. Unfortunately, we also seem to have a deficit of good leadership. So even though we are so rich and so so abundant and so many resources, you don't quite see them being applied the way that they should be applied to affect the communities in which they exist. Right. So I feel that, you know, drawing attention to some of these things will hopefully kickstart some conversations and some action. So that's your mission in photography. That is. Let me come to you, Rodney. Why do
1: you do what you do? What do you seek to achieve with your photographs? And let me say, listeners, that my my studio has the largest concentration of cameras in the whole of Africa. (laughs) Um,
2: generally, what, it's along the same what, what are you trying to achieve with your photography? It's it's just tell the African story from an African perspective. Right. Um, just like Steve says, like, um, a lot of the time you find that they, when I say they, I mean non-Africans and people with um, an, an agenda that serves whatever purpose it is that they have. Um, show Africa in a light that is almost always... Um, derogatory? Derogatory, deplorable, biased. Like, right. biased, all sorts. And, and africa is a beautiful continent with uh, a mass of different cultures personalities peoples all sorts and it's i mean i'm sure that if we shot in in every day in our lifetimes we won't, we, won't, we won't touch like a third or an eighth of the of the african story but we have to do our bit and then if you do it and do it well then it inspires the next person who is coming to say that hey my story from my perspective in this little corner that I'm in is important and I should share it as much as I can. Right. And so it's just doing a bit to share the African story really. Right.
1: I, I I love your work Steve. I love your work Rodney, but the person I, I envy right now is Senny Drum who gets to <laughs> film. I mean, I I, I love sports and yeah. you you've, you've literally shot everyone that matters you know, across the world. And i blessed. Tell me about about your mission as a sports journalist. What drives you? What do you, what do you hope to achieve?
4: Um, Let's narrow it to Ghana. Okay. First of all, I decided to do sports. I didn't start start out doing sports. I was first even drawn into photography by food. Okay. Food photography. And that shot. Okay. (laughs) I was drawn into photography by food. Yes, first the storytelling aspect because um, growing up as a child, I was an introvert. And... um, I was an introvert, so I uh, I got introduced to camera by age eight, and I took a shot one day of my mom's helps misbehaving, and for me it just told the story, and I thought it was the easiest way to talk, you know. Then growing up, um, I got to read a book by um, it was about three photographers, and I loved what the third photographer who is uh, food who does food photography, he. To attain a perfect roasted chicken, he painted the chicken. And for me, that was, like, so mind-blowing. And I said to myself, this is what I want to do. I want, you know, can, can you imagine the millions of women around the world who would try to, you know, emulate, you know, that chicken to get that golden color? I Meanwhile, well, it was painted. I mean, yes, that's a deception, though, but it's also an art. I was listening to Ronnie when I was coming. That is the art aspect. To be able to tell, craft the story is the art aspect of photography, you know. So it, 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 that, that I was like, this is what I want to do. So I did start with photography back in, you know, when I finished secondary school. Then I went into photography. I was doing what the um, social events and all. But I think, you know, I, I went into photography with a journalistic approach. So my ears were too sharp. And I picked up too many things at social gatherings. And I couldn't believe the hypocrisy. You know, that people talk behind brides and the grooms and all that. And I was like, well, you just hug the guy. But I went um, one day, I think in 2004, 2005, stepped onto the pitch, and it was nice. It was like, you know, you capture a moment, and even the athlete does not believe that that is him.
1: So it was beautiful. I'm going to ask you a very difficult picture. Of, of, of the loads, thousands of pictures you've taken, which is the one that has been the game changer for you? I'm not gonna ask you your favorite because artists never have favorites, but which one has been the game changer? A picture that opened several doors. People thought that was incredible. They just couldn't believe you got that shot. Do you remember?
4: Uh, I think um I think it will be one of um I actually shot it at Elwork in two thousand and seven. And then a then journalist of the BBC, Jurosimi Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he saw, he was like, girl, I love your angle. You know, and then I think he talked about me, Farai Mugazi, also head of me. And then I got a job in 2008 to from that from that shot I mean like we got talking, oh do you know this guy, do you know this lady? Like she shows great. And then then I also went to work with um I had a job in two thousand eight. I was shooting for the BBC. at the bios um when he was going to be crowned. So I went on a voyage with them, you know, on the mission so forth. And they saw sort of, they liked it and so people so I would say that it was the LWAC shot, you sort of inspired me, you right. know, because Durosumi is such a critic, like you could just look at your work and say, are you serious? Right. So for for such a person to be blown by you and think like, I, I, I don't even know how you did. It was a simple photo. Of some military men, you know, doing a tug of war, and the guy was so blown away, and that sort of just got me like, Yeah, I can do this.
2: Right. (laughs) The
1: the, the part I'm curious about Mm. is that when it gets to that turning point, Rodney, people are like, Charlie, good for you, good for you, you are lucky, you got a big break. But what they don't get to know is the several. Hours, weeks, months of preparation that position you to be able to seize that moment. If you can take a minute to tell us how you found out about your photographic talent and what kind of developmental journey you've traveled to get to where
2: you are today, I've always loved photography. Um, I guess I love to document stuff. Um, when I was a kid, I used to play around with my father's cameras, and um, at social gatherings, like I'll be taking photos. And at what age? Oh, I. My, I think the earliest photo I have of me with a camera was, I was about six or seven. Right, so six, seven, eight. Yeah. All and, right. And um, it, the, the, the thing that fascinated me about it was I would just be walking around doing, clicking mm-hmm. around. Right. And a few weeks later, he'll come home, there's an album, and this is what I was clicking. And it used to amaze me. Like, ah, I did this, you know, that kind right. of thing. Anyway, move forward a few decades, and um, when I was in university, I used to do the same thing. I used to play American football, and I used to shoot photos of w- our games. What game, course did you read in the university? Business and operations management.
1: I love these questions because it brings out how, what, what, some people call it professional disconnect. I call it yeah. integration. Right. <laughs> right, so you, you read business, you know, operations, management. Yeah.
2: management, and you are using it in your photography. Yeah, I, well, I, I am using it. Uh, um, I'm, I guess I'm more an entrepreneur than an artist. Um, right. I've always been uh, telling people that you have to learn the business. Yes. Right. You. you to come to that very shortly. you know the business the of the and, art. Um, right. You know the art and all sorts of things, but you want it to be something that can feed your family. And and I mean, it's it's something that I'm still learning. Right. Um, so. You don't sell yourself short. You don't. I mean, you don't do work for cheap. Either do it for free or don't do yeah, it at all. Exactly. Right. Um, but going back to how I started, um, when I moved back to Ghana in 2007, so 10 years ago this year, um, I, I, I my sister has a fashion, you know, um, business, and she wanted to put a a commercial in the newspapers. And a magazine, I think, and I was like, "Oh, I can shoot it for you." So, um, in her living room, I remember this so well. We did, we, we had this makeshift studio with like lamps and so on. I put lights here and I was, okay, was bouncing off Then We used my younger sister as as her model, so she puts on some some little kind exactly. of exactly. <laughs> we're just playing around with it, and then I I shot it and then did some a few touches on on Photoshop, and then that was that. It, it got published, and people liked it, and so on. And then I moved into into weddings i shot my friend's wedding um for free and i put it on facebook and that was the end of it like at the time there were there were probably no ghanian photographers on facebook um and i put i put my work on there and yeah rodney became a photographer everybody was like oh i want you to shoot my wedding and it was interesting i mean it was very interesting i think I had a lot of learnings from that because I definitely wasn't ready for the attention that I got um, and the demand of my services um i learned so much in terms of customer services because i mean customer service rather because i let so many people down in the beginning of my career right. um so yeah it's it's been a very steep learning curve it's been it's had its up and downs but so nobody can look at you and say oh you you are so lucky and things you don't know what i've been through and what i've learned on my journey so it's it's one day at a time and you know you take every lesson as it comes and you take the good and then keep moving
1: it's my privilege and mine only to be bringing you the virtual university tonight and my guests in the studio, Steve Abebeo, Rodney Kwaku, and Senyu Jerome Awusi Adadivo, helping me to understand the basics of photography, the journeys they've traveled, my lessons so far. Senyu Jerome says it's the easiest way to talk, used photographs. He talks about the painted chicken. I didn't see that, that picture. And then I also found out about sharing memories telling stories, throwing light or attention on issues. And then very importantly, we've also talked about the ethics of photography and also the subjective part of it, the fact that you can be told a story completely by okay. pictures and yet the reality will be very, very different from the, the picture as depicted or the story as depicted by the picture and therefore the issue of ethics, the issue of perspective then comes in. I'm going to come to you, Stephen, just for the benefit of those listening who are, who think photography is just taking a picture and then recording it. Give us some some light into the various models, the various angles, the various dimensions of photography. I mean, I know there are people who who do research stuff; they just act, photograph and archive stuff for for museums and, and and so on. Just walk us through some of the various aspects of photography that that exist just for the benefit of the person trying to find out about your industry
3: um today that's an interesting question um i would say that there's if we take ghana for example um you have you know uh, you have studio photographers where you have studios you know you walk in there photographers there they'll take your picture Do they do it yes oh, course, they do of course they do yeah. um then you have you know the guys who kind of go out, especially, you know, back in Presec, we had one, uh, Padix. I believe he's still there today. I mean, this guy took pictures of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me and my mates and even before us but he's still there today looking as young as he did then and uh, still doing the same thing so you have you know you have photographers that do like, that as itinerants well itinerants kind of the Itiner- yeah you know the guy with the bicycle you know going from place to place the one who takes your picture and shows it to you like you tell him that it's not nice he says "Ah, <laughs> is it not you
4: <laughs>
3: if you are not nice is that my fault <laughs> right you know there's that and then um I guess then you, you you begin to then you look at uh, journalism. Um, you have, let's say, uh, a stringer who's attached to a newspaper or a magazine who goes and shoots a story, you know, on assignment. You have um, freelance journalists who are on their own with their camera, you know, looking up stories and shooting those stories and presenting them. Then you have commercial photographers who are looking at um, at the advertising market, basically. Um, <clears throat> shooting images to promote services and products, then you know you have the huge world today of fashion photography of mm-hmm. you know varying sorts. In a nutshell, you know at least as far as this market is concerned, you can cover that. Unfortunately, there's not enough work. I don't know whether I wouldn't say that's the fault of the photographer. That's probably the fault of um, our our systems because you know if we have a national archive. There should be a system where every year you commission somebody to say that, okay, you know, take this subject. We want, you know, we're commissioning you go out and bring us photographs of this particular topic or this particular area so that we can have for the year of 2017, these are the images that cover this particular subject. And there's so much to cover. And every year things change. So from my perspective, it's important to capture stuff year on I mean every year there should be some kind of capture and it's doable because if the government you know decides to do things like that it's just a matter of you don't even have to pay for it yourself you can find sponsorship to do it because there's all kinds of people out there who are in a hurry to do something to please government so if government says we want to do this are you prepared to sponsor I can imagine that there'll be very few people who actually say no So that's something that, you know, probably should happen going forward because we want to have a record of what has been happening in this country. I mean, over the 60 years, really, do we have an existing, you know, record that you can trace back and say this is what it was like, you know, 20 years ago, this is what it was like 30 years ago, this is what it was like 40 years ago. If we had that, you know, that would be awesome. So those are some of the areas that should hopefully come up going forward. Sen. Jerome, how did you
1: push your talent to this point where it became noticeable on the global stage. Did you do formal photography education?
4: Back in the nineties, your father wanted you to go to school and be a nurse or a doctor, like uh, you are able to be photo <laughs> no. Did I... you
1: struggle with did you struggle with the perceptions people had about photography?
4: I don't deal with people's percep- perception, so I don't even listen. Right. you understand, yes, if it's about my work that you didn't like it, I'll ask you what about it you didn't like. But if it's about certain decisions I take, I don't have to look there. So my basic challenge was I come from a family where you are not, things are not imposed on you, but right. you have to prove yourself while you're burning family time do that right because your life is family time because they invested in you so i had to um i had a friend who said to me it's obvious nobody's going to send you to photography school but this is a way that you can this is a way that you can learn photography go through magazines you say you want to be world-class photographer so go through magazines because back then it's not now that internet is so common you know everywhere so go on to um look for magazines and when you get internet you know, when you get internet, right. you know, search for um, photos, just be going through photos, flip through photos, the sort of photos you like that inspire you to keep working. And study it. What angle did the person shoot from? What was the exposure? study the entire composition that's how I learned photography
1: so you learned literally on the job yes on, from on, observation. on my own yes right. from
4: you know from magazines and then but when it got to somewhere along the line what I do is mostly I send in proposals I send in you know bids for jobs but they go like where did you train so then, that's what people don't know about me. I'm a trained communicationist. I, st- I went to school, studied journalism, communications, you know, mass communication, and all that. Right. In 2005, 2007, and then I I took it on. You see, I am a specialized photographer. So the thing is, if you're good, and um, you know, one person, one person will definitely see your job. So
1: recommendations. And
4: then recommendations. Right. But now it's even easier if you're good, and thanks to you know social media the internet you know brings everybody to a national standard i mean a national exposure right. so if your work is that good and you put it out there i have institutions that follow me on my social media handles and use my works that i don't even know of people right. contact me and go like oh we have been following your work if it's if it's good they will follow so now getting to the international you know or global stage is very easy but what you need to do is to perfect your act
1: Right, let me come to you, Rodney, and give us a sense of how your developmental journey is i've come to appreciate that everybody's journey is different
2: how How did yours work out very much so um, <clears throat> i didn't study photography either um, i 'm self taught um, it's been definitely a painful process because if I could go back and start again, i'd definitely study photography because I feel like I would probably have advanced way quicker than I did um, in my in my experience um, i teach i teach at radford university and at gis and i swear like when i started 10 years ago if anybody had told me that i'll go into photo education um for somebody who uh, was not traditionally taught the profession i would tell you that you're joking it's not possible like but i find that um if you if you are passionate about something enough and you learn about and you learn you know the um, insides and outs of it like Learning is everything. Anybody can become anything that they want to be as long as you apply yourself and you learn and you put in the time. And so that's more or less what I did. Um, I was learning on the job. Um, this man sitting here actually helped me a lot. Um, right. Him, uh, Emmanuel Bobier. Um, who was? older? Him and Emmanuel Bobier, Emmanuel Bobier, i call up and say, oh, I saw this photo, I really liked it. He'd be like, oh, come to the studio. They were always, 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 always very helpful. With him, it was more the business side. Talking about, talking about Steve? Yes. So Steve, Steve the, it was the, more the business side. When Steve, I needed to give somebody an invoice, i call Steve and say, oh, I have to invoice somebody, how do you do it? And then he'd be like, oh, you do this, you put this, make sure you put this. So, like, <laughs> so he's the one who makes you charge us high fees. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you can't blame
1: him. <laughs> Steve, now we know the secret. We know how you are struggling to pay our bills in photography. Steve, let me, let me find out from you. Did
3: you also do formal photography um, I did at a point. Uh I I was in tech, I studied publishing. I took uh, photo I took photography for one semester. Um I, I totally hated it because I mean th- the nature of the system and the studio and all of that just, just didn't work for me. So is I dropped it the way it. it was taught is it the who The way it, it, was it was taught I mean, yeah, the whole setup was I mean <laughs> it, 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 it's best not even gone into, but yeah. right. I took it for one sem- semester,
1: I and, dropped And, and it. let me pause and, and, yeah. and address this issue because you find that people say, I, I hate French because when I was in school, the way it was taught, the, the teacher, and the makes way... such a difference. I so, I find that for subjects that are not called, the person who teaches it, make it makes a difference. Yes. I remember That's doing true. a course in sociology when I was in, in first year in university and the lecturer was so interesting. It was almost like his mission and let me salute him today. He's still that good. Yeah. Could you send her? Yeah. And People who are doing sciences, used. To, my roommate used to come to just that lecture that just to lecture. listen for the two hours and laugh and laugh and laugh. And he will literally quote sociology textbooks as if he was a student yeah, in He brought but it alive. I tell you something. So the teacher matters, the setup matters. Absolutely. But let's talk about you. So... A bit of photography, and you worked out. Yeah, and so it, I, and I, I, mean, you know, I just
3: focused on my on my publishing. publishing right. um, when I when I graduated, I started working with Backpress. Press. Right. Um, Back Press at the time and even now was was very much into high end printing, right. um, annual reports, magazines, right. and, and things of this nature. So I had the opportunity to interact specifically with the work of um, Eric Donatha. Right. Eric and uh, the late Bob Johnson. Um, and I mean, th- I think those two guys just inspired something in me. I really, really loved their work. I loved working on the images that they brought. It it, it kicked up something in me. And I I even... I told my boss at the time that, look, a lot of our clients bring rubbish pictures, excuse my language, but uh, some of the pictures they bring are really not good enough. So why don't you buy a camera, invest in a camera, and let's do some of the work for them. Right. And I was like nah, 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 nah. you focus on what I've given you to do and let's do the work that you're supposed to do. So that never materialized, but I realized that that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, fast forward quickly, I moved to the, I moved to, I relocated to the US in 99. Uh, the company I worked with was a web development company. Uh, web development and training. So we used to do that. And, again, we're, we're building website websites for clients. Some of the clients are bringing pictures that don't quite work. Now I'm in the U.S. I'm earning a little more, so I go out to buy a camera. I start taking some of the pictures. You know, they like them. So that kind of begins to put me on the track where it's like, oh, I can take a picture that people actually like enough to put on their website. So, you know, again, shot a few weddings for free just to make sure... I knew what I was doing. So once I had that kind of uh, basis, then I said, okay, now this looks good, but I realized also from shooting the weddings and stuff that there are certain things that I don't know. There are certain things that I don't understand that I want to control better. So I took a course with the New York Institute of Photography. Um, it's a diploma course. It's also offered, um, it's offered as a correspondence course. And so that course really took me into the technicalities and the details of how things work with photography. And, and at this point, uh, I mean, Steve, it's a debate
1: we'd always have. Yes. What did formal, that bit of formal education do? Having garnered all the experience over the years and having found out the ins and outs and everything, what did formal
3: education do the formal education as as in the photography education yes, or the, the, the formal education in the particular art or, 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 or what it did was it deepened my understanding of the technical aspects of what i was doing i mean it deepened my understanding so much so that when i step out and i'm shooting i do a lot of things without thinking mm-hmm. Whereby, you know, so somebody I'm working with like, Oh, how did you do this? Or oh, then I start to step back and realize that actually there I had gone through seven processes <laughs> without even thinking about it. It's that technical education that provided that foundation for me to be able to do that. Steve, you are the guru. I hear you are the one who teaches people how to charge. What are the <laughs>
1: factors that what what determines Kind of person that people want to pay
3: good money for your photos. What what exactly is it? That? I think what what determines it is is fu- fundamentally it's your work. I mean, how good is your work? That's really the bottom line. Um, can you be good but underpaid? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There are so many of those. The the tragedy is that they don't even realize how underpaid they are. That's because the because there's like a whole obvious. bunch of things that they're not factoring in I mean if for example you're a young photographer you're living at home, so you don't pay rent yeah. you're not thinking about that you, you know you don't own a car, so wherever you go, you hop in a taxi or a trotter and you're moving you know with your bag you you, you are forgetting that look by moving the way you're moving you're actually you're susceptible to armed robbery and so on and so forth. Are you charging to anticipate, you know, any such thing? Because the other problem we're having is that the insurance companies are also not too ready to insure our gear because they say it's too much of a risk. You know, who's to say that you don't go and hide your camera somewhere and come and tell us that's been stolen? So we finance a new one. You know, those are some of the problems that we're facing now. So there's a lot of factors that should go into you know, the billing. Because if you're a photographer and you're billing, you don't own a car. Your billing should anticipate that you are going to own a car at some point. You're going to have to be able to buy a car. You're going to have to be able to rent a place,
1: you know. See, that's the ideal world you're describing. Let me come to you, say you find us, Do you find us sometimes, realistically, you know there are factors that the client is unaware of and you want to give them a bill that is truly reflective of of your costs, but they say, "Hey, we can't afford it," and and you have to make a choice between either either discounting it for them or or going or going bust or broke. What, what, do you ever face that kind of situation?
4: Well, I mean, I, I uh, that's a soft situation. I mean, now I cover I cover the Ghana Premier League. First of all, I'm doing that sh- by sheer ego. You know, I had a, a challenge from the states. You know, some photographers saw me, and you know, I. Like, well I was in Vegas. I was in this fight and they were like, oh, they googled Ghana and they found nothing on sports. And they were like, so I guess there's not much of you out there. And for me, it was an, you know, that was an attack on my country and my persona. So I... The idea was to come down to Ghana for some three months, you know, strictly do sports. Right. And I, I'm not a football photographer. I'm a sports photographer. I do sports mainly in Africa because that's what sells. That's what the people do or that's what we do. So when I came to Ghana, I, I decided, that uh, okay, I'm going to do the Premier League because they can accommodate me and my staff and I can produce the very best. The last season I shot, I didn't even sell one photo. Because you see, it's like somebody came to me and said, Madam, we, we want our photo, so we we don't want any label that kind of your name on it. We don't want. I said, You don't want. Then there was a, a, another team owner beside him said, said, hey, hey, do you know what you're saying? Can you afford it? Oh, so how much? That's oh, all. He can't afford it. The man is asking. So I told him, Well, if you want, what are you going to say? Oh, that one, not the matter. You are just one photo. So you just want photo. It not the matter. Listen, this is how photo is sold, in my world at least. What you're going to to use it for determines the size you'll buy. Right. And then it's lifespan. Because it's not like a wedding. Your wedding, he doesn't want to buy it. But if I shot, what, uh, what a, a boxing belt, or if I shot, uh, you know, sports, it's a lifetime thing. It's something my great-grandchildren can still live on. So you exactly. find that
1: there's some ignorance about the work you do? Exactly. Right. So,
4: and then the guy, and then I said, listen, he said, oh, just internet. I said, oh, just internet, that would be be small price, $350, Convert to, I'm going give CDs. I don't get mine. so if you pay me now, we can give you the photo. You know? And I said, oh, I thought you were going to say some Fanta money. Fanta Fanta money. <laughs> Did you look at my gadgets? And like Steve said, listen, there uh, that's my team over there. We have lost gadgets on shoots. We have lost gadgets and on
1: the shoots. with. Exactly.
4: Because you see, it's I think it's more rewarding, right? It, it's mm. photography itself and academia as well. You see, mm. we do certain things that you think is a waste of time. But like Steve said, it's also documentation. Tomorrow, it will be to, This was how the league was. Now it's like this. That is my take on it. That these boys, sometimes they see themselves in action. Like, hey, but this one, yeah. There are times I've been accused of, I photoshopped the guy. Do I mean that that guy jumped harder, uh, you know, higher, as than higher than Cristiano? Right. As well. That is the beauty of our league. And that is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I put it out there. People can't afford it. Well, this is my price. You, Photography is not for... The poor actually, you go broke. I, I am terribly broke when my mom sees me coming, she hides her bag. You know, I'm that down, but really, I will not do something because the human nature is such that how you start is how you end. He comes to you, oh, I beg you, do, 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 make I give you some 500 Ghana. The next time you go to him and you're charging rep, I say, oh, but why do they talk? They not be 500, come out? and that becomes your value. Standard, yeah.
1: The economics of of photography, so I'm talking to somebody who says I have a world-class talent in demand all around the world. I've done Mayweather, I've done BBC, I've yeah. done the big names, but I'm broke. I'm oh, broke yeah. because <laughs> the market <laughs> in which I operate doesn't
2: understand my work yeah.
1: and they trivialize what I do. Rodney, is this a reality in your life as well?
2: Um I don't shoot sports. Um, I used to. I've actually shot. I, sh- I met Syndrome at the Africa Cup of Nations mm, in Ghana, right? And we shot that mm. together. I've definitely lost a few jobs um, because of you said no. Well, they said no when they mm-hmm. saw the pricing because um, they figured, like, you get, a, a lot of the time you get um, recommended for jobs. And then they say, hey, you're going to Ghana, you're going to shoot a conference, um, ask this gentleman, whatever, whatever. And you so you, you prepare, you prepare um, an invoice and then a performer and you send it over to them. And you either don't hear back or they say, no, thank you very much. Because they think that they're coming to Ghana, they're coming to Africa, it should be cheap. Mm. Right. But it's not the case. I mean, right. Right. It's it's still cheaper than you flying somebody in from wherever you're coming to. Right. But then the fact that you're shooting somebody on the ground or paying somebody on the ground right. that kind of money, you're like, um, I don't think so. But then the, the sad thing is that there are so many options to the service providers that you definitely find somebody who would do it for next for next to nothing. Right. And that's I guess not a good thing for the industry because we have to standardize certain things exactly. and
1: yeah. Right, so my, my lesson so far Before I come back to ask you my final question on The critical success factors What does it take to succeed as a photographer I've been finding out about the fact that Beyond all that you will learn from from watching people From mentors and from observation in magazines and so on The formal education adds a component that is almost instinctive So you mm-hmm. deliver a result yourself marvel at how you got there, but you realize that there are seven steps you have subconsciously implemented because you learned it from a book or from a lecture. So there's a place for formal education, but I've also found that I have some great artists or some great talents in the studio who learned purely self-taught. That means that you listening out there can also do something with your life. If you apply yourself, you have great mentors and you are also a good person at learning from observation. We've spoken about the studios, different kinds of expressions of photography. And I would like to find out, before I come to the critical success factors, so what is this issue about everybody taking selfies, everybody holding a phone and thinking they are the photographers? R- Rodney,
2: does it, does it annoy you? I'm not at all because uh, technology changes all the time. I mean, right. In my father's day, you would have never thought that... A, a small device that you are holding in your hand can make phone calls, especially it, the complicated uh, um,
1: gadgets that uh, Reverend Abubio <laughs> used <laughs> to take pictures with. Right. Exactly,
2: and um, I think I think it goes a long way to documenting everyday life mm-hmm. and um, what people get up to. My my only my only thing is that it stays it stays on the phone, right? So you don't have prints like Steve was saying that you you can't <laughs> say that oh this is this is a collection of photos from. Nineteen, but the, meti- the meticulous
1: ones could actually actually download them yeah, and then right. print them as well.
2: Exactly because it's like I say, it's 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 a documentary of your everyday life and what's going on. So um, that's the only qualm I have with mobile phone photography. Right. That uh, a lot of the time you have some stellar, stellar, stellar images and it stays on your phone. Right.
1: So, so next good. level. Okay, let me end the show with with asking you. Give me two critical success factors. For anyone listening out there, young person who says, I want to be the next senior I want to be the next person that goes all the way up there, and that's big stuff. I love it when I see your, your stuff. I see, I mean, which, which one is the picture that you've taken part of? You're like, Charlie, maybe this, Charlie. Charlie. all
4: my photos, man. Like,
1: which one? Which one?
4: Man, I all my photos, man. Across <laughs> the
1: world. You, you, you covered no. the Mayweather fight. Yeah. Was that your your most iconic? No. I mean, you've done your same bolt. Yeah.
4: I, I've done the same, but so did I do. Did what shake his uh, hand? Look, we are serious. So what, you see, <laughs> when we are taking photos, right, we, are, we have to be faster than the athletes. So, there's, we, you see, for us, the athletes, we respect them because we, res- we can see closer. You know, I can actually tell when a keeper, uh, 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 a person, a footballer, takes a ball if he's indeed going to score. Wow. Because from my lens, I can see it when your concentration breaks. Really? So there are certain times that certain, you know, players, I'm like, get out. You knew you You were not going to score. That was a Are you like a prophet or something? No, no. It's no prophecy. It's no magic. The lens gives us that advantage. We can see.
2: Body language. Wow. Exactly.
4: Not even that from your eye. I mean, I can tell if you lose concentration from your eye. So okay. look in my eye so and tell
1: me how this week will be.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are not know, running with this. Week ahead of me. Well, yeah, but I can look in your eyes and tell you're marveled. you You're like, actually, hey, your photo while these people are running. This. This I, I, I should have I about I this I'll tell, tell you something. You know, so for me, it's it's, it's 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 really. I should come closer. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's really that's all my ways i uh, you know i i I treat all my ways with passion
1: so 30 seconds big the big thing that's a game changer for anyone wanting to be a good photographer you say passion what
4: else it's it's passion whether you want to be a photographer or anything because passion is the only thing that can give you the strength to withstand any storm that you face in your chosen path. your
1: one key is
3: passion yeah steve your one key humility wow where does humility come in I mean, humility comes in. I mean, I I, I can easily tell you, I, I used to work in, you know, in, in the corporate world pretty much. I was I was a marketing manager at one point. I was a general manager at another point. And then I moved to, as I pick up a camera, I come back to Ghana. Uh, I'm shooting an event for a company. I meet one of the people who I used to relate with as a manager. I say, hello. He looks me up and down. And then turns away and walks away. Yes. I mean, who are you, lowly photo to dare to speak to
4: exactly. me?
3: That's when I realized that, you know what? I don't care.
4: Exactly.
3: The company's paying me. I don't. I don't need to beg you <laughs> for respect. Mm-hmm. I will eat my humble pie. Pay me. I'm good to go. So humility. Mm-hmm. humility. Let
1: me
2: end it. you you, me One critical success factor for the the, the young photographer all there: stay learning. The technology is ever changing. Um, you find that the camera that I started with. Ten years ago is almost obsolete now, and um, tomorrow there'll be a new kind of camera. Um, the, the, the probably the updates will be incremental, but when over a long space of time, they do awesome, awesome, awesome things. So definitely stay learning and charge properly so you can afford that. I, no. <laughs> I, I knew
1: I knew Steve will come back with that one, but I can tell you, I'll tell you something, guys. You've just been absolutely tremendous. I I learned something from every one of you, and there's there's loads of lessons I'm carrying away. Steve says, your final takeaway is humility. Listen, no matter how talented you are, stay humble. Senyudrom says, it's about passion. If you're not passionate about what you do, you just can't make it big. And Rodney says... With all that you do, keep learning because the technology is changing every day. I'll tell you, these are the nice lessons you gave me to close. Let me tell you the ones that I enjoy the most. I enjoy the part where Senior John says she can look into your eyes and tell that this is why Ronaldo will score. Because, like, if I can catch the ball, hey, that was powerful. I enjoy that one very much. And, and, and Steve, the part you said, I mean, you said lots of tremendous stuff. The part that I really, really like is the part where you talked about seven steps you took instinctively that was a revelation for me and i loved it very much um rodney your biggest lesson that i'm taking away is about the fact that there is a subjectivity to photography and a person can tell you a story because they want to tell you the story, not because the story actually does i exist. I've, after an hour of instruction in photography, I almost feel like a photographer, but I still am a very amateur <laughs> <laughs> mobile phone holding photographer, but at least I've learned a lot about your trade. I hope that a young person out there with a the talent has also learned something that can make them a better person than what they do. Thank you so much, Rodney. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Senior Jerome. I look forward to seeing you guys again and learning more